As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Welcome to the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. Welcome back, gang. As always, I am the Witch, and this is the Gangs of Hollywood. Now, before we kick off, bit of a quick explanation in regards to the outer sequence number and some of the missing episodes originally episode eight was going to be a solo show uh, about the boondock states from 1999 uh, and of course with everything else that happened 2020 uh this episode kind of got chewed up a little bit and spat out along with uh, episode 12 so uh, i decided to obviously plug on put out the shows that I'd already had pre-recorded with guests and come back to these shows. So now that I'm back to these shows, I decided that it was a great opportunity to uh, record a couple of noir Vember episodes out to talk about one of my favourite film genres. So this show will be a little bit different from previous shows. Um, I'll talk a little bit about film noir as a genre, some of my favourite movies. We'll go through uh, what I've watched so far in the month. And uh, we'll also talk about some recommendations that uh, some of the guys on Facebook have given me. And uh, then we'll do a quick review of those movies that I've watched. And uh, that'll set you up for the second half of November coming later this month. So for those of you that don't know, um, film noir is a cinematic term used primarily to describe stylish Hollywood crime dramas, particularly those that emphasise cynical attitudes and sexual motivations. The 1940s and 1950s are generally regarded as the classic period of American noir film. Now, film noir is an area that's associated with, obviously, very dark, black and white visuals, uh, a lot of sort of very, very specific angles, and um, a lot of them have uh, a narration or a voiceover that goes with them and, and, you know, deals with things like, you know, hard-boiled crime and fiction and all that sort of stuff. And these came out of of the Great Depression in the States, um, you know, the late 30s, see the 40s, 50s. Now, the term itself, uh, film noir, means black film or dark film, quite literally uh, in French. And um, apparently it was first used uh, by a French critic named Nino Frank in 1946. But obviously the Americans decided they didn't like that and didn't really use it until much later, um, where it became sort of more popular and a gen accepted sort of term. So film noir tends to go through a lot of plots. It's not always, um, you know, hardball PIs and gangsters and all that sort of stuff. There's a number of um, sort of different elements that go with it. You know, it could be the private investigator. It could be um, like a, a police drama. A lot of them have to do with, with boxes, um, and, you know, and guys that are on the edge or, you know, long-time losers and that sort of stuff. Um, things like grifters and citizens that are lured into a life of crime and all victims of circumstances, any number of different sort of uh, elements that go with it. It's got more to do with the type of film and the shots and, the, and everything that goes with it rather than a specific storyline or everything else. And, and when we get into talking about the, the movies that I've watched um, in the first half of this month, hopefully that'll give you a feel for the sort of stuff that we're talking about. Now, what's interesting is, you know, that film noir didn't really end uh, in the 50s. There's a whole lot of movies that are referred to as neo-noir um, and, you know, international noir and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. Uh, in the second half of this month, I'll actually talk about some of the more 
uh, more recent neo-noir films and some of the national ones. In the first half of the month, um, I've really focused on probably some of the classic titles and that original sort of conception of, you know, the hard-boiled crime drama and all that stuff. But, you know, there's a lot going on and there's a, there's a really a lot to talk about. And it's actually um, a genre that a lot of people uh, really have a feel for. And there's some people that you, you know, would never think of, you know, really love it. So, you know, hopefully talking about these titles and, and you know, hearing brief reviews might uh, spur some people on to jump in and listen. So before we kick off and talk about just the brief reviews of what I watched um, in the first half of the month, um, I'll give a quick shout out to a couple of mates of mine, uh, Paul and uh, and Bradley, who gave a couple of recommendations or more than a couple of recommendations in regards to uh, what to watch for Noirvember and got involved. Uh, so they were using the hashtag Noirvember and hashtag GOHpod. Uh, and, you know, some of the titles I talked about was like The Killers, Kiss Me Deadly, Pick Up on South Street, DOA, uh, the Third Man, Ministry of Fear, uh, Mildred Pierce, Laura, Murder My Sweet in a Lonely Place, Crisscross, Out of the Past, Nightmare Alley, Born to Kill, This Gun for Hire, Dark Passage, and The Setup. So, you know, that's just obviously just a small handful uh, of, of the recommendations that I got, and I already had a long list to begin with. So, now anyone that wants to provide feedback, by all means, hit me up on Facebook in the Facebook group, uh, or on Twitter under GOHpod, uh, and, you know, Tell us what you're watching. Mark it with hashtag Noirvember or hashtag GOHpod. I killed it for money. For a woman. I didn't get the money and I didn't get the woman. All right. So some really uh, rapid-fire reviews of the stuff that I've been watching. First one out of the box is Key Largo from 1948. My name is Frank McLeod. I'm about 12 miles off Boot Key Harbor on my way in. Over. Hold your course. You're headed straight for Key Largo. Key Largo. coast of Florida, sultry, heat-ridden, cloaked in the strange menace of the sea. But stranger still is the destiny that brings these people to this remote outpost, to be held at bay with a price on their lives by a man with a price on his head. Nothing to stop me from wiping you all out. What good will that do, boss? Forget it. Her kind's a dime a dozen. I say smack her and let it go at that. Smacking her isn't enough for such an insult. He'd have to kill her. Then he'd have to kill the rest of us because we witnessed it. To kill us all or nothing. We rid ourselves of your kind once and for all. You ain't coming back. Who's gonna stop me all there? Filth. You filth. I won't let you go without me. You've got to take me. You've got to. Now get You've away got from to. me. I'm wild, kid. Smell blood, huh? Got your appetite up. You can make your hopes come true. But you gotta die for it. See what I'm aiming? Right at your belly. Go ahead, shoot. Get away, sister. Get away, Nora. Do 
directed by the legendary John Huston, Humphrey Bogart, Edward G. Robinson, Lauren Bacall. Pretty much everybody knows this movie or knows of this movie. Um, you know, it's got a people trapped in a in a hotel in Florida's Key West. Um, you know, there's a storm coming in. There's gangsters there. There's a lot going on, and there, you know, it tends to be a bit of back and forth. Really fun movie. Highly recommend it. Next was uh, another Bogart movie, but a little bit different and a little bit earlier. Uh, 1937's Marked Woman. <laughs> Will you help me to prove that he was responsible for this and I'll put him where he won't kill anybody? You don't know what he's like. He stops at nothing. People just disappear and never heard of again. I don't want that to happen to me. Now on, you're working for me, understand? Most of you have been around long enough to know how I operate. We know the kind of action they want that we are going to give it. From tiddlywinks to roulette. You work the way I tell you, but you don't work at all. Betty, I want you to tell me the truth. I want to know why you're not going back to school. I'd be too ashamed. Ashamed of what? Of you? All I know is that that kid sister of mine came back here again last night, and that nobody has seen her since. If I find out that you or anybody else has laid a finger on her... You'll what? I'll get you. <laughs> One's directed by Lloyd Bacon and Michael Curtis, starring a very young Betty Davis, Humphrey Bogart, as I mentioned, and Lola Lane. Uh, so this is a little bit different, and we've got Bogart playing uh, a district attorney, and uh, it's, it, the movie mo mostly focuses on uh, hostesses in what's called a clip joint, um, you know, getting involved with gangsters and all that sort of stuff, and that Betty Davis, uh, who is you know, one of these hostesses, her younger sister is accidentally murdered at one of the gangsters' parties, and what goes to that. Next on the list was uh, 1949's White Heat. a good memory for names. Too good. What do you like that, boys? A copper. And I was going to split 50-50 with a copper. <laughs> now tell me you're glad to see me. Only say slowly. All I wanted was for you to come back. That's the truth. I love you, Cody. I love you.
You'd look good in a shower curtain. It was Big Ed. He told me to do it. You wouldn't kill me in cold blood, would you? Now let you warm up a little. Let him have it. Oh, no. And lose our race in the hole? He's gonna walk us out of here. Ain't you, copper? Ed. Still getting nerves? this movie you probably know the quote top of the world ma top of the world that is uh, james cagney in this movie so directed by raul walsh starring as i mentioned james cagney uh, virginia mayo and edmund o'brien and it's about a psychopathic criminal with a mother complex uh who makes a break from prison and then gets his whole gang together and it ends obviously dramatically with a candle plant uh heist uh, and uh the, that big finale with james cagney shouting on the rooftops absolutely worth a watch get involved Next, we switch it up a little bit uh, with 1950s Sunset Boulevard. speaking. I'm talking from the bedroom of Norma Desmond. Don't bother with a rewrite, man. Take this direct. Ready? As day breaks over the murder house. Yes, you'll read the big black headlines about Norma Desmond and this Hollywood scandal. But you'll never read the true story about the rest of us who were part of it. Me, for instance. Joe Gillis, a promising young writer from Dayton, Ohio. And Betty, that nice kid I met at a Hollywood party who knew nothing about me but knew what she wanted. Don't you love Artie? Of course I love him. I always will. I'm just not in love with him anymore. What happened? You did? Well, we should have lived happily ever after, like they do in the movies. But this was different, because this is a Hollywood story about the people who make the movies, the little ones that you never hear of, like Betty and me. The great ones like Cecil B. DeMille. All those who knew Norma Desmond. A strange woman who left her mark on all of us. Who crossed her path. Has it ever occurred to you that I may have a life of my own? That there, there may be some girl that I'm crazy about? Who? Some car hop or a dress extra? What I'm trying to say is that I'm all wrong for you. You want a Valentino. Somebody with polo ponies. A big shot. What you're trying to say is you don't want me to love you. Say it. Say it. Gloria Swanson, one of the great personalities of this generation in a role that comes to an actress once in a lifetime. Rising to the heights, William Holden creates a startling portrayal. And a new star is born in Sunset Boulevard, Miss Nancy Olson. Joe? Where are you? What's this all about? Why don't you come out and see for yourself? The address is 10,086 Sunset Boulevard. 
Yes, come out to see for yourself the film that reaches a new milestone of dramatic daring. The film that every critic says is a giant among motion pictures. interesting because it's it's not a, a private eye movie it's it's more about um telling uh, a guy's life up to the point where he dies and it's it's really really interesting i absolutely love sunset boulevard so it's directed by billy wilder um stars william holden gloria swanson and eric von stroheim a screenwriter develops a dangerous relationship with a faded film star determined to make a triumphant return now there are so many times that elements in this movie have been copied taken duplicated parodied that as soon as you start to see the pieces you go i know that i know that i know that i know that absolutely worth a watch really really top movie next up is 1952's beware my lovely little did she dream that the moment this stranger came to her house looking for work terror would enter her life. How was she to know a good deed would transform her quiet home into a house of horror? He looked so kind. He spoke so softly. Suddenly she saw the man as he really was. No, Howard. No. Please, no. No. She ran to the door. It was locked. Smashing windows... Crying out brought no help. She was this madman's prisoner. Now you listen to me. I'm going to let those kids in because they might go for help. But you'd better be quiet. Her only hope that someone would phone and... someone did. Don't answer that. King second became a lifetime of frenzy, every terrible moment an eternity of fear. Starring Ida Lupino, Robert Ryan, and Taylor Holmes. This is again is another different type of, of story. Um, the basic idea is that a psychopath on the run takes a job as a handyman at the house of a lonely war widow. Now, if this was made more recently, you know he'd be a serial killer and there'd be a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's actually a really good movie uh, and quite different from a lot of the other film noirs you've seen. May not be for everybody though. Based on a recommendation, as mentioned earlier, we've got 1949's Chris Cross.
killers, killers. I can't even sleep. Look the way he treats me. He saw the danger signs, but he wouldn't heed them. For him, there was no way out. He couldn't drop her. She was in his mind, in his blood. And if loving her meant tangling with a killer, he was ready for that, too. I wanted to reach you. I wanted to talk to you. So it was me all the time. Between you and I, I had it all wrong. So it's not the way it looks, is it, baby? No, it's not the way it looks. Tramp. Tell me all about it. Tramp. Cheap little no good tramp. If you don't like the whole thing, say so. Call it off. I'm not taking any shortcuts. It's a two-way split. I figured it all out. One for you, one for me. Cut your half any way you like. In a pig's eye. And you're working without me? A holdup on an armored car. It hadn't worked in 28 years. Everything laid out, everything ready. The oil truck, the ice cream wagon, the men planted inside the ground. Every move planned and timed to the split second. Would it succeed? Could it succeed? by Robert Siodmak, I think, uh, starring a very young Burt Lancaster, Yvonne DiCarlo. Now, some of you will know uh, Yvonne DiCarlo as Lily Munster from uh, the Munsters TV series and Dan Duraya. Now, this is about uh, an armored truck driver and his lovely ex-wife who conspire with a gang to have his own truck robbed en route. Really, really good movie. And obviously, you've got very young Burt Lancaster and you've got uh, Yvonne DiCarlo, which is really, really great. Absolutely worth a watch. Next up, we have 1947's Kiss of Death. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North and South American, all the ships at sea. Let's go to press. This is Walter Winchell broadcasting from Hollywood. I just came from a projection room at 20th Century Fox Studios where I saw a picture of my town, New York, and my time now. Ladies and gentlemen, the title of this moving picture is Kiss of Death. In underworld lingo, Kiss of Death can be many things, none of them good. A pat on the shoulder from a pal that turns into a bullet in the back, or a kiss from a woman's warm lips that sends the victim to the morgue. Like Boomerang and the house on 92nd Street, this one has authenticity stamped all over it. It is red meat. It is factual. It's a close-up of the tenderloin in action. Its tempo is terrific, and its story is that of a squealer. In underworld code, a squealer is marked for death. One man sneered at the code, squealed, and didn't die. That's what makes Kiss of Death such a gripping and exciting moving picture. Kids like to have fun. We'll all have some fun together. You and me and your wife and your kids. Touch my family and you'll hear singing like you never heard before. Go on, beat it. Nick, he's a three-time loser now. All we've got to do is catch him with a gun on him and we can send him up for life. And suppose he don't make a mistake. He didn't the last time. You made the mistake. Sooner or later, he'll trip himself up. They all do. You've got to trust me. I'm through trusting you, the police, or anybody but me. There's only one way to get you, though. And that's my way. If you like action as I do with entertainment, you will find it here. This one was written with a machine gun. 
directed by Henry Hathaway, starring Victor Mature, Brian Dunleavy, and Colin Gray. A lot of the, the films that we've talked about before has, you know, been crime, leading up to the crime, part of the crime. This is actually post the crime, uh, where Nick Bianco is caught during a botched jury heist. The prosecution offer him a lenient sentence if he squeals on his accomplices, but he doesn't roll over for them. Three years later, events change his mind. And I said, again, different sort of movie, but really good, and it's got that really dark feel that goes through with it. Up next, 1951's The Enforcer. Two thousand human beings who lived among us. You may have passed some of them on the street, even spoken to some. But this is the number of people who are dead. Yes, dead, because they were murdered by the most infamous syndicate of professional killers in the history of crime. A syndicate of assassins that went virtually unchallenged until one man fearlessly defied their whole evil empire. I got something to say to you that you want to hear. If you're smart, you can be a hero. If you're dumb, you can be dead. And so began an adventure that took this enforcer of the law into the shadows, where overlords of the underworld ruled a dynasty of death. Here he fought the master craftsmen of murder for profit, murder without passion, exposed their classrooms of crime, even the grim ambitions that turned killer against killer in violent lust for power. It's Humphrey Bogart in the most driving role of his career as the relentless manhunter the underworld knew as the Enforcer. You think you can shut people up by killing them, but you're wrong. Even the dead can talk. So you're going to talk. It's the only chance you've got to live. I'm afraid he'll never die. He'll die, he's got to die, and you're going to kill him. Attention, everybody. Attention. This is the police. Angela Fetto, your life is in danger. Wherever you are, get off the street. I'll wait here a few seconds, and then I'll pick her up myself. But suppose they don't fall for it and follow you. I'll have to risk that. Here, you better take a friend with you. This is directed by Bertagine Windust and stars Humphrey Bogart, Zero Mistel, and Ted DeCorsia. And again, we've got Bogart playing a district attorney, and he's finally got a chance to prosecute the organiser and boss of murder, Corp K. Uh, Bogart playing a, a crusading district attorney, finally getting his chance to prosecute the organiser and boss of murder, Inc., and the first part of this movie uh, where they're, they're grilling, uh, you know, a member of, of this gang and uh, he dies, unfortunately, is really, really good. It drags you into the movie and 100% legit. Something a little bit different next is 1953's Niagara. of love just as she lived for love. 
like a Lorelei, flaunting her charms as she lured men on and on to their eternal destruction. And her own husband was no exception. It's getting late. Hand me my slip. I hate to move when we have a fight. Never want to leave your side. <laughs> Get me some orange juice, Georgie. <laughs> it's Marilyn Monroe skyrocketing to new dramatic heights. When a man took her loveliness in his arms, he took his life in his hands. Joseph Cotton, helpless in her siren spell. Jean Peters, caught in the destructive whirlpool of another's deceit. And parading around, showing herself off in that dress, cut down so low in front you could see her kneecaps. She's a pretty girl. Why hide it? Don't worry about that. She'd like to wear that dress where everybody could see her, right in the middle of the Yankee Stadium. Smell like a dime store. I know what that means. Sure. I'm meeting somebody. Just anybody handy, as long as he's a man. But she could never be his, nor any man's, completely. And that thought whipped him into a frenzy that makes the screen thunder with unparalleled suspense. Hello? Hello? Please? Directed by Henry Hathaway and stars Marilyn Monroe. Yes, that Marilyn Monroe. Joseph Cotton and Jean Peters. Uh, this is about two couples visiting Niagara Falls and tension between one wife and a husband reaching a level of murder. I hadn't sort of really focused a lot of Marilyn Monroe movies. Uh, you know, most of them I sort of think of as, as musicals and all that sort of stuff and wasn't interested. This is really good. She's fantastic. There's some really, really strong scenes in here. And the story itself is really, really great. Absolutely worth a shot. Number 10 on the list is The Damned Don't Cry from 1950. <laughs> for trouble, aren't you? I never got anything yet worthwhile without trouble. It might be worth more than you think. Yes, he took this woman of the shadows, molded her with culture, draped her with luxury, created her into a lady of quality for the strangest reason a man ever had. For behind his plan was a blueprint for vengeance that took her into an empire of crime, built by men who each had a price until they met this woman who was willing to pay it. Reckless, unscrupulous, was she to become the victim of her own intense ambitions, or was every man she knew to become the victim of her charms? 
so used to lying and cheating and double-crossing, you almost make it seem good. You want me to be like them, a criminal? You bet I want you to be like them, smart. What if you couldn't trust me? Would you have me killed, too? I'd do that myself. Thank you, Nick. No, save it for tonight. Directed by Vincent Sherman, starring Joan Crawford, a very young Joan Crawford, David Bryan and Steve Cochran, a New York socialite who climbs the ladder of success man by man until a life among rich gangsters gives her what she thought she always wanted. This is a really interesting movie. It's different and, you know, it's focused on Joan Crawford uh, more than anything else. And, you know, the way that she manipulates uh, people to get what she wants. Really, really fun movie. Number 11, 1952's Don't Bother to Knock. I'm the guy at 821 across the court. Can I ask you a question? Well, I don't know. I suppose so. Are you sure you want me? Yeah, you're the one I want, all right. You doing anything you couldn't be doing better with somebody else? If you want. Does that mean come on over? stepped into that room, I ran smack into an adventure you don't forget in a long time. Because the screen has never shown this kind of woman before. The kind that reaches out in the loneliness of the night to a stranger passing by. I should have seen the warning of danger in her eyes. But what happened in that suspense-filled night was about to change my entire life. Why didn't you tell me you were working here? I'm not. I'm just doing it for the night. Yeah, I know. You're an heiress. Tomorrow morning, you ride through your estate. Side saddle. She made you say that. I believe in a drink, a kiss, and a laugh now and then. I still like to laugh. But not at myself. What do you want? Hearts and flowers forever and ever? Love? Don't be afraid to say it. It's not a dirty word. I can't figure you out. You're, you're, you're silk on one side and sandpaper on the other. I'll be any way you want me to be. Why? Why is it so important? Because I belong with you. Pat, it's 8.09. I'm frightened. I think something's happened. You all right? Oh, yeah. Starring Richard Winmark, Marilyn Monroe, again, and Anne Bancroft. 
This is uh, the story of after being dumped by his girlfriend, an airline pilot pursues a babysitter, Monroe, in his hotel and gradually realises that she's dangerous. This is another opportunity to see Monroe actually act. I mean, look, she acts crazy and she's good at it, but it's a really interesting movie and, and different. And there's elements in it and you sort of think, what, did did that really happen? Did she actually do that? Uh, so a little, there's actually a little, little bit of this where a little bit creepy, but really good, fun, not fun, uh, interesting movie to watch. Number 12, A Blueprint for Murder, 1953. Even while we were dancing in each other's arms, even while you were making love to me, you were all the while plotting to take my life. Was she liquid fire or congealed ice? Her silken hair, flashing eyes, taunting lips. Were they all part of a blueprint for murder? Starring Joseph Cotton, a guy who had her figured out to a TNT until she started kissing him. Jean Peters, no woman ever designed such evil, but she was made for life, living, and love. Gary Merrill, who found the first faint flaw in the shocking blueprint. I don't care how it adds up. Nothing, absolutely nothing would ever convince me that a woman like Lynn is capable of committing a murder. Relax, Cam, relax. We're only talking among ourselves. But we can't close our eyes to the fact that she did have a motive. Over a million dollars worth. Why did you really come on this trip? You know why. I don't know. But you are the sort of man who might do crazy, impulsive things. You mean like taking this ship so I could be with you five more days? Yes. Never did Maggie's absurd suspicions seem more fantastic than now. Fred agreed. Maggie, the DA, the police, all of them agreed. Only she could have done it. If I could just be certain. You don't know, not for sure, whether I'm lying or not. And if I am, you yourself will be the murderer. You don't like the idea, do you? It takes nerve to kill someone, sit by and watch them die. How would you like to have a death on your conscience? My death. Joseph Cotton, Gene Peters, Gary Merrill have you hanging on the edge of your seat, your hands clenched, your conscience shocked, your emotions charged as they unfold a blueprint for murder. Directed by Andrew L. Stone, starring Joseph Cotton, Gene Peters, and Gary Merrill. Now, this is about a character called Whitney Cameron, suspecting his sister-in-law has poisoned his brother and niece. But without proof, how does he prevent the murder of his nephew? This is interesting. Um, probably not one of my favourites, uh, to, to be quite honest. There are some really good bits about it, and, you know, it's an interesting movie to watch. Uh, like I said, wouldn't recommend it too highly, but, you know, if, you, if you're looking for stuff to, that's a little bit different, give it a crack. Lucky number 13, 1950s, 711, Ocean Drive. Keep calm, little man, keep calm. You sure it's all right to try it here? Suppose the cops saw us. All we're doing is using their wire fence for an aerial. If it works here, it'll work at the racetrack. This is a low-frequency transmitter, Vince. I'm saving it for the day they crack down and pop. For the dough I put into this stuff, I could own a radio station. For the dough you're making, you could buy a network. Let's have your leg, Chippy. Hope you don't get electrocuted. I'm always kidding. <laughs> I hope... Hey, what's that? That spring needle sets up the circuit. The wires on your leg run to a low-frequency carrier transmitter. The batteries are right in that case. And we put this telegraph key in your right pants pocket. Uh -uh. I'm left-handed. All right, your left pants pocket. Now, all you got to do is make like a telegrapher. Come on. Now, 
When he leans against this wire fence, he's a walking radio station. Of course, at the track, he'd have all these gadgets under his clothes. I still don't get all this electrical stuff. What I want to know is how do we pick him up? Well, that's what we got the car for. It's rigged to pick up his signals. The car keeps circling the track while he broadcasts. Then they phone the dope to you. you want to try it, Vince? Let's go. Sure got the angles, Mel. If there's anybody but Vince, he'd give you part of the take. He'll cut me in, Chippy. I got him by the short hairs right now. Directed by Joseph M. Newman, starring Edmund O'Brien, Joanne Drew, and Otto Kruger. And this, again, it's you know it's a crime drama, but it's from a different angle, and it's I really really enjoyed this one. So. Uh, an electronics expert creates a huge bookie broadcast system for his crime boss and takes over operations when his boss is murdered. And takes over operations when his boss is murdered. His greed leads him on a deadly destructive path. As I mentioned, this is looking at it from a, a different element. You know, it's probably a, an innocent dragged into a life of crime and who makes it big and, you know, the sky's the limit. Really enjoyed this movie. 100% worth a watch. Number 14, we're almost home. The story of Molly X from 1949. How about your girlfriend, Anne? Forget about Anne. Let her mess up some other guy's life. First time I saw you, I said to myself, that's for me. And someday I'm going to move in. Rick was in the way, but I knew I could take care of him. Remember the time he was drunk and he hit you? That's when I made up my mind he had to go. Well, Molly, I never felt better in my life. Then why aren't you up and dressed? It's time for breakfast. Fine, send in a menu. I'll have mine in bed. Anyway, you can't change me. You're never going to change me. I advise a cooling off period. Keep her locked in her room and deprive her of all privileges, except the right to go to the table for her meals. Directed by Crane Wilbur, starring June Havoc, who is a classic femme fatale, uh, John Russell and Dorothy Hart. Now, this is interesting because it's when a gang leader Rick has killed, his wife Molly takes over his gang, but a robbery goes wrong and Molly finds herself in jail, where she undergoes a personal transformation. This one's probably not for everyone. It's, it's more a story of Molly's redemption, uh, but there's some really good parts to it, and, and there's a whole um, underlying revenge story that's in there. Worth watching. Uh, it's not your classic women in prison movie. Uh, so, like I said, if you're after something a little bit unusual, but still along the, the same lines as film noir, definitely give it a shot. All right, number 15, the halfway mark for the month, 1957's The Girl in Black Stockings. Who will be next? 
Will it be Harriet, the stunning blonde who lived for pleasure? Or Beth, who was different from other girls in a way that shocked everyone who met her? Julia, who lived with a secret people whispered about? Louise, who found the wrong kind of men attractive? Who will be next? We're not dealing with an ordinary killer committing an ordinary crime. What happens when a captivating movie starlet goes one thrill too far? She was every inch a teasing, taunting, come on blonde. And she made every inch pay off. From her golden blonde hair to her black silk stockings, she was tempting bait for a crazed killer. What will happen to her tonight? High-speed drama racing along to a surprise climax that will shock you with its power. Directed by Howard Koch, starring Lex Barker and Bancroft again, and Mamie Van Doren. That's right, the 1950 pinup girl herself. And this is about a party girl who is murdered and everyone in a Utah motel is a suspect. This one's odd. And part of it is you don't really know who committed the crime. And it, it's more of a mystery. And you've got a lot of red herrings in there trying to work out who's who. Uh, it's, it's you know, the story of a small town cop trying to solve this crime. And a lot of really strange characters um, in there fitting in. Probably like, not one of my favourites. But an interesting movie and 100% worth a watch uh, for Noir Vember. Alright, so the idea is I will bring the other 15 to you uh, at the end of the month or towards the end of the month, early December, to talk about what else I've watched during that. Uh, we'll also include some, as I mentioned, uh, some internationals and some neo-noir titles, some of the more recent stuff, and maybe some more uh, referrals from people online. So, as I said, get in there, uh, use the hashtag Noirvember and hashtag GOHpod, and I will definitely have a look at what you've been watching. So, be a good fella and leave a rating or review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show and make sure you share it with the rest of your gang on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as GOHpod or at www.gohpod.com Most of all, make sure you say hello to your little friend for me. I think you're rotten. I think you're swell.